which position groups for Michigan football this year are the most improved. That isn't which ones are going to be the best. This isn't a hierarchy, but going into the season, which ones have improved the most year over year? Which ones are quantifiably better? That is what we are going to get into on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. I know we said there was going to be a guest that's kind of been an audible. Uh, there will be the element in which we were expecting uh, at the end of segment two. So stay tuned for that. Um, we, we definitely have some things to discuss there. So today, what I want to do is get into uh, this idea I had of the uh, the most improved position groups. So instead of doing it in the same sense as which which groups are the best, which groups are you know the, like the ones that that doing the type of hierarchy that we normally do, uh, I decided to do it more in the sense of which ones uh, have gotten better year over year. Again, these aren't gospel. You know, you, you aren't going to necessarily look at it and say that's 100% accurate. Um, these are thought exercises that we partake in in this time of year. Uh, we'll have a lot more uh, sub- substantive, sub- substantial, substantive. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. We'll have much something much more like that come... Um, Come next after next week because we have Big Ten Media Days next week. So it is coming on fast. It is coming on strong. It's crazy. So I ranked 11 position groups here. And it's it's funny because there's some here. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to the first four here in this segment. It's some of them you're going to sit there and be like, what? What? Why? Why? Why is that all the way down there? Well, it's because it's not necessarily going to be a big year-over-year change, per se. So, uh, just keep that in mind. It's just, it's which ones are going to be the rooms in total, not even just individual performances. And so, I'll address that as we get to it. So, my last place, unfortunately, goes to special teams. It's the place that Michigan has excelled. But it's really going to be difficult, in my eyes, to replace Jake Moody in particular. Brad Robbins was stalwart as a punter as well as well as a holder, uh, but we got the Tommy Doman, James Turner uh, situation, maybe some Adam Samaha. So, uh, certainly there will be something similar where we start to see some guy, different guys breaking in in terms of returner, in terms of gunner. Uh, Caden Colasar will return. William Wagner will return. Uh, Greg Tarr will still be a part of the long snapping equation, I'm sure. So there's a lot to... There's a lot to replace. I can't look at it last year and then this year and say, yeah, that's definitely going to have any kind of tangible improvement. So I'm not going to spend a heck of a lot of time on that one, but that's my last place. That's number 11. Number 10 is wide receiver. It's a position group that didn't necessarily get appreciably better at all. Um, That doesn't mean it won't be. I mean, certainly by the end of the year, we could be sitting there talking about wide receiver being like, Man, how much better that position group got. Look at how many more yards. Look look at how everything really went as far as that position group. Uh, but 
you have essentially uh, two of the stalwarts from 2021 in Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson. Roman Wilson has a lot of potential that we haven't necessarily seen yet. You've got guys that you should take a big step forward in year two, and that's Darius Clemens and Tyler Morris. Uh, you've got freshmen that could certainly take a step up and Frederick Moore, Samaj Morgan, and Carmel- Carmelo English. You've got Peyton O'Leary, who's sitting there just kind of waiting in the wings and certainly had a huge spring. Uh, but you lost Ronnie Bell. You lost Andrew Anthony, who didn't necessarily perform but had the potential. Uh, this was a group that I would have probably had at number one going into last year, and it's all the way down at number 10 right now uh, because it lost. It doesn't gain appreciably, but that doesn't mean they can't overperform. So, again, this is this, this if they overperform, then they'll, they'll rocket up the rankings. But as far as most improved year over year, looking at it on paper, this one doesn't look like one that's improved at all. It looks like it's regressed a little bit. Number nine, and this is where personal performance can, can you know, really change things appreciably, is quarterback. And it's not in the same position as it was last year. Now, the ceiling for the quarterback position is that J.J. McCarthy could win a national championship. He could win a Heisman Trophy. He is going to be in that conversation if he performs as ex- uh, expected. Uh, but those behind him, you're not looking at a situation like last year where it was like, well, you've got Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. Now, Davis Warren, they feel, is a steal. Jack Tuttle, I thought, did some good things in the spring game. Uh, despite everyone kind of being in a turnover fest all game. Uh, 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 there's not like a 2023 quarterback that comes in that you're like, okay, all right, let's go. Kendrick Bell is your 2023 quarterback. Alex Orgy and Jaden Denegal are certainly in that conversation. But this isn't a position where I sit, where I look at it and say, they really improved year over year. J.J. McCarthy probably will improve greatly year over year. But as a room, I don't think that it's really taken any kind of big step forward. Number eight is going to be one where you're also going to think I'm crazy. It's ahead of quarterback because there's some good reasons here. That is running back. Now, how is running back number eight on my list? Well, running back is number eight because it's it. We know what Blake Corman and Donovan Edwards are. It's the best running back duo in the country. It's more of the, the players that are behind them. Now, I think C.J. Stokes, if, he, if he's gotten over the fumbling issue and the things that he told me on June 1st, where he was talking about, hey, I, I really, you know, like I'm, I'm hitting these home runs in practice. The coaches can tell, can tell you all about it. All right, well, I want to see it in a game. I mean, we saw it in, in a little bit in games. It looked like he had that potential, uh, but uh, I want to see it in a game. I want to see him really take that big step forward. Benjamin Hall uh, looked really good in the spring game and certainly has a lot of potential. Kalel Mullings is part of this group. Um, it's, it's a group that I think has improved, but I don't think it's gotten necessarily substantially better. If this was next year and you still had the same cast of characters that are currently on the roster then I'd sit there and say, okay, because you got Jordan Marshall coming in, Micah Capana, uh, it would feel a little bit more appreciable. Uh, but nonetheless, um, I have them at number eight, not because of Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I mean, they, they, as far as the position group itself, if you're ranking position groups, as far as pure potential, pure ability, they'd be number one. 
But in terms of having improved from last year's status to this year's status, it's it's all about how much of Blake and Donovan improved themselves, really. And then who's that number three guy? All right. Uh, we will get to the next four here in a moment. Uh, before we do that, uh, listen. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Certainly, if, if you need a candidate, LinkedIn, I mean, that, that is the behemoth. That is the gold standard of, uh, of ways to be able to see what someone's qualifications are, what they're able to do. And that is why LinkedIn Jobs, when you pair the already having a resume on file, you see, see what they've been able to do essentially, and then you're able to pull from that, that field, it's a no-brainer to be able to get that done. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, and so many people will see it. Everybody's on it. So you do that. You add your job. Then you can add that purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Just like Michigan went and attacked the transfer portal to find the right people to help them get potentially over the top to be in this national championship or bust type uh, capability, going and getting an Ernest Hausman, a Ladarius Henderson, a Drake Nugent, a Josh Wallace, uh, Josiah Stewart. The, the reason why they were able to, that they were able to do that was because of the transfer portal. You can do the same exact thing with your company by using LinkedIn Jobs, getting the right team member, member to help you get to your own business's version of a championship. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to, and it does so faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com. Slash Lockdown College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, let's continue on with uh, with my list of most improved, the most improved position groups. Uh, again, year over year, this isn't the best position groups that Michigan has. It's the most improved. Think about where where they were at this time last year compared to you know, the perception of that, that position group last year compared to the perception this year uh, in terms of additions and subtractions. This isn't scientific. This was just my idea. So uh, number seven is cornerback. And I know it's kind of crazy to have them there because I think there were a lot of uh, high thoughts about the capabilities of DJ Turner and uh, Jamon Green. Uh, last year, they weren't probably super high. It was probably middling to some degree. I'd have to look and see where I ranked them at one point. Um, and, but I, I have them kind of middling because on one hand, Will Johnson certainly has the outlook of that position group much higher because he is full on lockdown. He certainly can take away a half of the field. He, he can do better than that. Even he can get the ball back for you. Um, the big question is, is who's opposite Will Johnson uh, bringing in Josh Wallace from UMass. I mean, he was a, he was a starter. He was a captain. Uh, he's got that capability. So excited to see what he is able to do. And if he isn't the one that works, then I mean, you still have a Marion Walker who has physical upside that you can't teach. Uh, Jaden McBurrows, Miles Pollard, both guys that were three stars that had offers from every school that is known as like DBU essentially. So, 
it, it's it's a position group that's in good hands. It's just one that we aren't necessarily um, that if if you had if they were able to have brought say that Ole Miss transfer that ended up going to Ohio State if they were able to bring him in and maybe Josh Wallace then you'd be sitting here being like okay number one like that that is a huge improvement year over year it's probably slightly improved as a position group but that's in large part just due to the ability of Will Johnson in and of himself. Number six is edge rusher. Now, no one's talking about the edge rushers in the same way that they were talking about them last year. And when I say them, I mean, we didn't know Ayabioki was part of the group at that at this point. Uh, we did know about Mike Morris and everyone was, you know, Mike Morris can be that, you know, he's next in line. He's doing that, blah, blah, blah. Um, you bring back Jalen Harrell. You bring back a couple other guys, uh, namely Derek Moore, who's taking a big step forward, you, you would think. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily know for sure. Braden McGregor, you add him to the mix. Josiah Stewart, you add him to the mix. I mean, Braden McGregor was around, but um, nonetheless, it, it's a position group that I think is taking a step forward, potentially. This is another one that has a big, strong ability to climb in the rankings. Uh, but, and you know, especially if a guy like TJ Guy or Keyshawn Bennett really takes a step forward and it just feels like they're able to get to like a, a six-man type rotation then it could really take off. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's hard to quantify or qu- even qualify what it's going to be because the big question going into last year is how, how are they going to be able to get pass rush? Uh, certainly this year they're going to address that from the middle as well, but from the edge, uh, it looked really good early, and then it just was kind of, eh, it was okay. It wasn't like, it wasn't like Aiden and David. You know, it wasn't like Aiden and Quiddy. It wasn't like Chase and Rashawn. It wasn't like Chris Wormley and Taco Charlton, right? So... Um, it's hard to really tell. Now, it has the capability, I think. Remember I said, and I recanted, but I'm still going to say it, that uh, I said when Braden McGregor committed on this very show that whatever Aiden Hutchinson ended up being, Braden McGregor would be a better version of. Now, do I believe that now? No, because Aiden Hutchinson ended up being much better than I thought he was going to be. I thought Aiden Hutchinson was going to be kind of in that Chase Winovich mold of being in... I don't want to say try hard because they have talent um, that goes beyond just trying hard, but kind of that, right? Like, you know, try hard, you know, end up being a third round pick and everyone's like, you know, well done. Very good. Instead of being the number two overall pick, instead of just being a full on game breaker. That's not what I expected. So uh, Braden McGregor, I think, has the capability to maybe be somewhere in the middle of that, being like a guy who's more of a second round type player. Josiah Stewart's gaining all kinds of love. Guy, guy had 12 and a half sacks two years ago with Colston, Carolina. And then Jalen Harrell, I think, is just kind of underrated. If Derek Moore takes that big step forward, I mean, this, could, this should be number three. Um, number five is safety. This isn't a group that's necessarily appreciated uh, in value necessarily but i think it's more of the what we thought of them last year it's like oh yeah it's pretty good to now like rod moore you're one of the best returning guys in the country makari page you were not even necessarily in the conversation it was more you know it was more of can you step up will you step up and he did rj moton's gone but you've got a couple guys that are younger that you sit there and look at and say okay Keon Asab, Zeke Berry, those guys should be in the mix. Caden Colasar returns from his injury as well. 
Quentin Johnston started seeing Johnson started seeing more opportunities late in the year. It's just it's it's in a much better position than it was not too long ago. So I have them at number five. Number four, weirdly, this isn't one that you would expect to be up near the top. And that's offensive line. And the reason why I have it there is because I think that there's a, I don't want to say strong chance, but a good chance that the offensive line this year could be the best that they've had. Maybe ever. Now, I, I really like the, the, the players that they lost in Ryan Hayes and Olu Oluwatimi. Olu obviously won the Remington and the Outland trophies. I'm buying into what Max Chadwick from PFF said on the episode he was on, where he talked about Drake Nugent as being a potentially better version. Now, I say that. I don't mean he's going to be better than Olu, but I do, you know, I've long said, I think he's going to be somewhere between Olu and Andrew Vistardis. Um, I think that uh, Ladarius Henderson has a mauler capability that we haven't seen. Uh, at left tackle in a while because, I mean, not, not to impugn Ryan Hayes, he was good. He was very good. Uh, but, but between him and John Runyon, they weren't necessarily maulers. They were just stalwart. I think that now you've got a mauler in there. Zinter and Keegan have proven themselves. You've got a, a wealth of options at right tackle between the incumbents, Trent a. Jones, Carson Barnhart, and, uh, and then you bring in Miles Hinton. I mean, it's just a, it's a wonderful position. Joel Hadi, Jeff Percy, guys who have had a lot of time on task that aren't even starters. Reese Atterbury as well. They're in a great position. I think that this, this group has improved, believe it or not, from this time last year, which is weird because going into the year, it kind of felt like they were going to do what they did. All right. We are going to continue on, but I have something special. This is something uh, that I've, these are personal conversations. This isn't from Locked On. Uh, but I've, I've been talking a lot with uh, Tom Brady's company, Autograph. And listen, they we are the biggest Michigan fans. And because of that, we thought we'd take things a step further here on Lockdown Wolverines and see who is the biggest Michigan fan. Even beyond the football field, Tom Brady is always seeking out competition. And we all know that to be true. And he's looking for the biggest University of Michigan football fans, a.k.a. you. How do we prove that? Well, trivia is a great place to start. So here's the deal. In the description, I've put a link to a short Michigan football trivia. Uh, it's five questions. It's timed, and it can only be taken once. So what's at stake? Bragging rights, of course, but it also a curated list of rewards provided by our friends at Valiant Management. Uh, and uh, I've spoken extremely highly of them and the things that they are doing. All participants will unlock access to purchase these exclusive rewards. So complete the quiz by Monday. That's this upcoming Monday, July 24th at 6 p.m. Eastern. And stay tuned for more details next week. Huge shout out to Tom and his team at Autograph for putting the trivia together for us. All right. Make sure that you check out that Autograph thing that I talked to you about there. It's, it's very cool. I'm excited to see how that goes. And uh, it's a partnership we've been, I've been trying to, we've been trying to work it out for a couple weeks here. And this was the best way to do it here on Lockdown Wolverines, we felt. Um, and it's, it's just a personal partnership between me and an autograph. Just want to delineate that. It's, this is a personal partnership. Um, all right. Top three most improved positions from last year to this year. 
Believe it or not, I have tight ends at number three. Um, it, in a way, I'm cheating because I'm kind of, you know, Eric All didn't really. It, it, we were looking at tight ends being like, man, how do you stop Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker? Well, Eric All played a game. One. So it wasn't like he was heavily involved. So I'm kind of like looking at less of the preseason and more of w- what the position group ended up being kind of after that. Um, so, I mean, it, it really was Luke Schoonmaker pretty much all the way uh, as far as being the guy who, who really, you know, was Luke and Joel Honigford and uh, a tiny bit of Matthew Hibner, a tiny bit of Max Bredesen. This year, I feel a little bit different because well, obviously Colston Loveland was a part of that more late, but Colston Loveland has that Jake Butt type hype around him that Jake Butt had going into his second year. Um, maybe more so his third year, I think, is how we think of Colston Loveland entering year two. You had A.J. Barner, who I think is kind of a good mix between um, Eric All and Luke Scoonmaker, and then you include the rest. You include Max Bredesen. You include Matthew Hibner. Uh, and then there's young guys, uh, you know, Marlon Klein. Uh, you got the, new, the incoming guys, Deacon Tonielli, uh, that I'm, I'm excited to see uh, if they're able to get involved. So I have them at number three because I do feel like that's a group that is that, like, it's improved tangibly. And you've got two guys who can pass catch, two guys who are willing blockers. Maybe they aren't as good of blockers as Eric All was in, like, say, the Ohio State 2021 game. But, I mean, the way they're t- spoken about, yes. I'm curious to, t- to talk about uh, the tight ends with Jim Harbaugh next week. Uh, a week from today, probably right around now, actually. Uh, number two. So there's only a couple positions left here. Number two position groups most improved. Defensive tackle. Now, we spoke about Mozzie Smith a lot last year as being that guy who's taken a big step forward. And he ended up, that ended up being true. He ended up being a first-round NFL draft pick. Uh, and he was my buddy. And, uh, well, I only went to the range once with him, but it was a fun time. Um, we didn't go with him. We ran into each other and, and, and shot together. It was a fun time. Um, but, uh, and he, he's just a dude and I've had a lot of great conversations with him over the years and it's fun watching him grow up from being a recruit, uh, to, uh, where he is now. Um, that said, Chris Jenkins is probably getting more hype. That's being followed up by him being a, an entrant to big 10 media days next week, which is always a great sign for what the team thinks of his capabilities as well as leadership abilities. And then you've got all kinds of guys next to him because that was the thing. It was like, well, it's Mozzie and Chris Jenkins looked okay, right? You know, like he played a little bit in the Big Ten championship game in 2021 and he, he probably can step in. Now it's like Chris Jenkins is possibly, most likely, potentially a first round draft pick. And then next to him, you've got two guys who are uh, not even draft eligible after this year in Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant, the proverbial gifts from the football gods. And then you have Rayshon Benny. And then on top of that, you got a freshman like Trey Pierce. And then they love Cam Good as well. This is a group that I feel is tangibly improved in the interior. Now, you, there's all this talk about the pass rush coming from the interior. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it, but I also believe it, kind of. I, I feel like this is one of the better 
defensive tackle groups we've seen in Jim Harbaugh's tenure. On paper, if there is tangible improvement, you always talk about year one to year two. That's a that's a big step for improvement. Well, you've got two guys that can do that. You've got a guy in Chris Jenkins. And I did I even mention Rayshon Benny. I mean, Rayshon Benny stepped up strong. I've been seeing some uh, graphic going around of uh, Ohio State's best ever quarterback, CJ Stroud. And it's a picture of him being pulled to the ground by Rayshon Benny. I mean, this is a great group. I think it it feels like it's on a very big upswing at the moment. Number one, linebackers. Phil Steele listed linebacker as for Michigan as the n- number five nationally, and who would have thought that? Junior Colson leads the way. Ernest Hausman comes in, and Michael Barrett. Was your primary three? We forget to talk about Jimmy Rolder. Because that's how how good it really has kind of been lately. In that there's. It's a just a solid group at this point. Um, it, it's not necessarily having a bunch of Devin Bushes running around, but it, I, I would say it's it's better than what the group that was trotted out there in 2018. It has the capability, it has the ability, and I'm excited to see it go. And then there's still guys like Jaden Hood that we're waiting to see a little bit more from. I, I, I think this could be a really incredible group. I think it's improved greatly year over year. It, they had nowhere to go but up. They were number, number 10 or, you know, I did like a list of 10 without special teams of position group rankings the last couple of years. Linebackers tended to be down there 10, 9, stuff like that. And now it's number one and most improved because it's getting talked about as being one of the best in the country. And it deserves that. So I'm excited about it. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Make sure you go and, and check the link uh, for, for autograph, the autograph quiz. Get yourself some prize. I don't know why I didn't say that plurally, but I didn't. <laughs> anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace. Peace.